feel like we should have known this already Were we even taught this at all? Everybody and welcome to this. Will this be on the test? I'm Maddie, and I'm Austin, and we also have our third co-host Fezzik, who is purring in the background. Um, he'll probably leave soon, but we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes we talk about what a good boy Fezzik was at the vet. He's just looking at us and purring, like, "Why must you bring up these torturous memories?" Um, it's been a hell of a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. You're listening in on the week where it's like everything is going to hell, like, well, in good and bad ways. Like, Boris Johnson just quit, and um, Steve Bannon is being forced to talk, but I don't really trust anything with that. Shinzo Abe got assassinated. Yeah, that was... Um, that was, like, some of the most unexpected news, because, like, gun deaths are so uncommon in Japan. Like, they've had, like, single digits most years. Less than. Yeah. And I was telling Austin, I'm like, I dreamt this. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I dreamt that this happened. I was there and I hid under a table and some blonde person said to me, this is just the beginning. And then I woke up. So we're terrified. Yeah. Um, Also, I'm not going to get into it too much today, but we know who our ghost is. We have learned her story uh, from the neighbors. I don't want to go into it as, as part of a regular episode. I might talk about her in a different episode. Um, I might talk about it on our TikTok on the test pod because I do a lot of stuff about our ghosts on there. Um, but her story is beyond tragic. And the fact that she gives off big mom energy and has tried to stop us from, you know, accidentally not recording before and stuff like that. She's, she's cool. Yeah. Um, and we like her. So even Austin, Austin was so excited to have it verified by someone else. Uh, it turns out, oh, I will say this. It turns out our whole neighborhood is haunted. Yeah. All of our neighbors also have ghosts and they knew our house was haunted and didn't tell us because they said, and I quote, it's just so normal to us. We didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> like our, one of our neighbors has like seen her in our house and I've seen their, I've seen theirs in their house and we just never talked about it because nobody wants to come across as crazy. Yeah. Um, there's a neighbor that, neighbor whose ghost makes coffee, but doesn't actually share it. Yeah, they will just wake up smelling coffee and hearing noises from the kitchen and go downstairs and no coffee. So, like, not the rudest thing a ghost has ever done. I think it is. But it's in the top ten for me. Um, we have a neighbor who's got ghost kids that run around with our entire upstairs. Those are the ones I've seen. Uh, because I keep thinking that her grandkid is there. And then I'm like, wait a second, he's not there. And he's disappeared now. And then the one across the street, we're seeing half of a person. Yeah. Yeah, so we, ours is the least frightening, really. Uh, the children don't do anything, but they're just children, therefore frightening. Agreed. Children are very scary. But yeah, just remember, just because something is a black shadow, black figure, it does not mean it's a shadow man. That's what we have in our house. I've had shadow men before. Different vibes. So I'll tell her story another time, but yeah, we. I just want to say we know who she is, and sometimes I talk to her, if something goes wrong, I'm like, hey, we're not trying to make you mad. Hey, look at how good we're trying to take care of your house. Uh, she doesn't seem to dislike anything we've done, though. No. Like, I think she likes my room. Um, I do think there are a few things that she's knocked over because she doesn't like them. Or she uh, has misplaced things I'm trying to look for. <laughs> there are a few things. Maybe she doesn't like my Scream poster. I love the Scream poster. Mm-hmm, but maybe she does not like how much I like horror movies. 
I mean, everyone should like horror movies. But she was, she was a teacher, so I think that's why we get along pretty well. And she was a, a ahead of her time teacher, but I'll talk about that another time. But yeah, we know who she is, and it's really exciting. And her story, she's a badass. Her son, not so much. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else I need to get into before we get started? I don't think so. Um, let's see. We're starting Only Murders in the Building. You should watch it. The yep. season two. We already finished season one. Oh, uh, we'll be out of town later. Um, I don't anticipate it affecting our next episode in terms of when it comes out, but it might. So just be aware that we might be late on the next one because uh, we're losing some research days. And also think non-hurricane-y thoughts, not just for our vacation, but for people in general, but especially for our vacation. Yes, please. All right. Ready for me? I am ready for you. All right. So uh, I guess I was talking about this before the podcast, not before, not when it started. We have a family of raccoons. Yeah. Uh, we are in love with them, even though they trample Austin's flowers. How dare they? Uh, they are so cute. They, like, there's two adult raccoons and three baby raccoons, and they keep, they swim in our pond. And I use the word pond loosely. It's like a hole in the ground with water in it with some fish. It's like a little koi pond. Yeah, but they're not koi. It's like the size of, like, a two-person hot tub. But not as deep. Not nearly as deep. But they like to go in there, and they kind of swim around and cool off, and they eat the fish, they eat the frogs, which is all part of the circle of life. Um... Austin, like, grew tomatoes a couple years ago, and he was so mad, and now he's been watching videos because I have a security camera out there, and he's like, I'm not mad at them anymore, because they're so cute. Um, I have been researching foods that are safe for them, because we have a compost bin that's getting full, so if you ever have wildlife you plan to give some snackles to, research the foods ahead of time, because there's stuff that I would normally have given them that I was like, oh, no, I'm not encouraging you to feed your raccoons, because that can make them reliant. But once in a while, I'm like, this is about to go. And we're not going to eat it, so I'm going to throw it out there. Um, because our compost is going to fall out. But I, I said, I'm going to talk about raccoons this week. It's going to be so exciting, because I love raccoons. I was just going to talk about raccoon facts. And then there was the first raccoon fact I came across, and that is almost exclusively what I'm talking about. Really? Sorry, as it sounds like we're going to have multiple raccoon episodes. This no. Is well you can keep coming back to? Uh, probably not, because I'm doing that true and false about just regular old raccoon facts at the end. Okay. Although I could probably do multiple raccoon facts episodes. <laughs> I could just adopt one of the... Ra- I could adopt the tiny raccoon that keeps falling in the pond. Yes. Don't adopt raccoons. That is the primary theme of this episode. Don't adopt raccoons. Um, Ooh. Okay, so raccoons are native to North and Central America. So kind of like from Canada down a little bit into Central America, not too far south. They also are in Europe and Japan. Uh, everywhere but America, the Americas, they are invasive. And in Japan, they're an infestation. <gasps> in fact, invasive might be nice. They are more like invaders. Oh, no. Uh, in 1963, a book called Rascal, A Memoir of a Better Era by Sterling North was published. I remember reading this in elementary school. Oh, you did? What's yeah. it about? Uh, it's basically... What I remember, again, because I think it's like second grade, someone finds some raccoons and raises them, and they cause so much mischief uh-huh. and go on little adorable adventures. And how does it end? Real sad, because they have to let them go. Uh, that all sounds right, yes. I didn't read it. Okay. Um, it was about when North raised a baby raccoon for a year. After that, Disney made it a movie. And then later, Rascal the Raccoon, a.k.a. Erguma Rasakaru, was created in 1977. This was a 52-episode anime series based on the book. And yes, 
Yes, you do still see Rascal the Raccoon. You look like you recognize all of this in your brain now. Mm -hmm. Rascal the Raccoon is still seen in Japanese stuff today. Uh, it was so popular, this uh, series, that people in Japan began importing raccoons from North America to be their pets. Oh, no. Because they had not read the book, or if they had, they didn't get to the beginning, and they did not get to the end of the 52-episode series, which I sure hope ended the right way. And they were importing them at a rate of 1500 a month. That's a lot of raccoons. Yes. Uh, the thing is, the book ends with the, with North, the, car the uh, writer, realizing raccoons aren't intended to be pets. So this is like saying Romeo and Juliet is the greatest love story of all time. They didn't get to the ending. Raccoons can, on occasion, be domesticated. So can most wild animals. Until they eat you. This doesn't mean you should adopt a raccoon. Adult raccoons can be violent, they love to tear things apart, and they can be the size of small dogs. Raccoons in the wild can range from 4 pounds to over 25 pounds. I think uh, Ted is definitely in the 25 pound range. Yes, Ted, our, our, neighbor, our favorite raccoon who has lived here long term. Um, of course, in, their, in suburban and urban areas, they are significantly larger than, urban, than uh, rural raccoons. And Ted, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ted was 30, honestly. Ted is almost a perfect But then again, then again, when we were talking about how fat Ted was, Ted was pregnant. <gasps> oh, we're pretty sure Ted is female. It's Ted is short for Tedwina. Yes. Um, okay. The families adopting the raccoons began to realize the adults weren't as cute and cuddly as they believed from the cartoon. They were actually super destructive. <laughs> now, raccoons aren't mean. They're destructive. Two different things. So they were like, shit, our options are to euthanize them or release them. Now you've got this cute little pet that you've become attached to, and you know they were originally wild animals, so they released them. Oh no. Because of this, they are now naturalized in 44 of Japan's 47 districts. Oh no. This doesn't mean they're not invasive, it just means that they're there and they're there to stay. Japan is not supposed to have raccoons. <laughs> Once the government, uh, government realized this is a problem, they banned the imports. The problem is raccoons are incredibly adaptive. They're omnivores, so they can eat anything, uh, just about, and they have multiple sexual partners, many of them, meaning they procreate quickly and can survive in any environment. Japan has no natural predators for them, and they really don't have natural predators pretty much anywhere. But especially in Japan, because the other animals are like, what the fuck are those? I'm not eating them. I don't know what that is. Um, speaking of other animals, Japan has Tanu, also known as the raccoon dog. They're so adorable. They are so cute, and they look a lot like raccoons, but they are totally unrelated. Raccoons are related to, like, ringtail cats and other things that are kind of like ferret monkey hybrids in South America. <laughs> uh, they are also... Not rodents, to be clear. Okay. Raccoons are not rodents. Um, but the raccoon dog looks like raccoons, but is uh, not the same thing. And with all these Japanese people who are releasing their raccoons from the wild, they're in the same place as the tanuki, and they're threatening their space. The thing is, it's really hard to go out and like do any kind of mass killing of them, because they look so much like these native species that are symbols of good fortune. <gasps> oh, no. Like, actually, if you go into, like, Japanese restaurants, you'll see them as statues holding sake because they're good fortune. There's, okay, there's also some uh, woodcut images of them, and they have colossal balls. Like, carrying them around in a wheelchair 
chair, like oh, in a wheelbarrow, colossal. I have seen these. I didn't, that did not come up in my research. Yep. But I was also not researching the raccoon dogs. I was researching just the raccoons. So yeah, there's, uh, there, there's your ball fact for the episode. You don't have any ball facts? Not in mine. Wow. Um, raccoons are also eating the crops. They are eating the Japanese crayfish. And they are eating the izu salamander. The invasion of their wild may not be the worst thing, though. Um, especially because this isn't the first time Japan has done something like that. Like, they brought in mongooses to control the snake population. And then they were like, oh, they don't know the difference between venomous and non-venomous snakes. And so they just started killing all the snakes. And they also started killing animals, including livestock, which I didn't know mongooses could do. And then they were introducing other animals as well, to the point where in 1999, it was discovered the blue the bluegill fish, which is not native, makes up 90% of the fish in the imperial, imperial moat. Wow. So raccoons aren't the only ones doing stuff in the wild. But with raccoons, like, even our little family of raccoons is destructive. They trample Austin's flowers. We're lucky, though. They ate all my ding-dang tomatoes. They like to move into attics, basements, sheds, garages, abandoned cars, uh, anything that they can be found in. Ours, we think, live under a shed and in a tree. Like, we have a, a hollow tree. Um, but if they can't get in someplace, they're like, I'm going to get in there anyway. And so they will dig into walls, ceilings, tear away anything that blocks them. Uh, they will leave gashes in things they can't get all the way through. And they will even cut through wires, which is why they're a massive fire hazard. Oh, no. And meanwhile, they're shitting everywhere. Yeah, ours take pretty massive dumps. Yeah, um, if you've got kids or pets, keep them from eating dirt. And make sure they're up to date on their distemper vaccine. They give those to kids, right? You know what? And yes. roundworm? Yeah. Ringworm? Yeah, those are... I mean, everyone's... Like, from time to time, just make sure your kids are also vaccinated with your pets. Just take them to the vet. Um, keep... And uh, deworm your kids. Deworm your kids. Time. Uh, just, like, get them and, like, buy them a really cute dog costume for Halloween and then just throw them in it in the middle of July and take it to the vet and have them yeah, vaccinated. Yeah, your, your vet will totally not... We love vets. We love vets. We're kidding vets. Yeah. Um, so, in Japan... At least 80% of their temples have been damaged by raccoons. No! One particular is the Ryodo Inn, which is in Kyoto, and is probably one of the country's most recognizable buildings. When you picture a Japanese temple, this is probably the temple you're picturing. It has been there for over 900 years, and now it is covered in claw marks from the raccoons. They have traps and metal fencing over the places raccoons can get in, which of course disrupts the flow and the way it's supposed to look. They destroy $300,000 or so of agriculture every year, which doesn't sound great. Um, so what is Japan doing? They're sealing up buildings, particularly historic ones. They're locking up all their garbage. Like if you go to cities, you'll see that a lot. They're putting fences around crops. They are having regulated cullings, which some people are all for, but animal rights activists are not. And they're trying some prevention, like it being illegal to import them. And it's illegal to like travel with them and stuff. Despite all of this, despite the fact that it is a known problem, in 2017, the 40th anniversary of the anime series, there was a pop-up shop and art exhibition based on Rascal the Raccoon. He is still a major feature on merchandise, and he shows up in other shows like Attack on Titan. Really? Yeah, he's a cute little, like, two, very two-dimensional raccoon that looks kind of like Pikachu, <laughs> but he's, like, not yellow. But in Attack on Titan? Mm -hmm. 
That's a movie about skinless giants that eat the world. I don't know anything about it other than that he's in it. Huh. Uh, Japan is not the only country dealing with raccoons. They're also throughout Europe, Iran, and Azerbaijan. Really? Germany started it. Germany! In the 1920s, they began importing raccoons for fur. I've never really thought of raccoons being used for fur other than like those fur hats that you see in old cartoons. Yeah, it's like the Davy Crockett coonskin cap. Yeah, that's all I've ever thought of them yeah. for. Um, I always thought more of like foxes, which yeah. are the fourth highest carrier of rabies, by the way. Huh. Um, in World War II, on top of that, a bomb hit a fur farm and 24 raccoons escaped. Remember how fast they procreate. They can have up to seven babies at a time. That's a lot. They don't, they typically have like two, maybe three. Um, but they can have up to seven. Additionally, others were released because German hunters were bored and wanted something new to hunt. That's happened with so many things. That That's how Australia got their rabbit problem. Yeah, I actually came across that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Australia seems to be the biggest one for not for invasive species. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny because everything there is a predator. Yeah. Um, there may be more than a million raccoons in Germany now. That's insane! Mm-hmm. Uh, despite this, they began importing more for fur in the 1950s. So they are in Germany... Italy, so they, they've gotten the Axis countries, Germany, Italy, and Japan. They're also in Spain and Poland. And then they saw one in Scotland a couple years ago. One. And Scotland was like, oh, fuck this. And they went after them and made sure that there were no more raccoons because they knew what could happen. If Scottish don't mess... Scottish do not fuck around. We do not play, no. It's like, it's like hello, hello, we beastie. Yeah, like, they, they made sure there were not raccoons. Nessie. Um, Nessie ate them. In Japan, or not Japan, in Germany, they are threatening the native turtles and birds, killing about 60,000 per year uh, because oh. of the eggs they're eating. Um, and so basically, it looks like they're taking up Euro- over Europe like they took over Japan and all of our cities and suburbs. Although, to be fair, we took over their land with our cities and suburbs. It's true. Yeah, really... Uh... Our house actually does belong to the raccoons. Oh, yeah. We are just glad they let us live here. Yeah. Uh, They're getting some sweet potatoes as they're offering tonight. They were highly offended my attempt at asparagus the other night. It's like, maybe maybe that's what Japan needs to do, is start giving them healthier vegetables, Um, and they'll get disgusted and leave. They love fruits, too. Like, I put some peaches out, and only one of them ate the peaches, because it was like, my peaches. And then it had the audacity to come to the front door and ask for more peaches. And I am not making this up, guys. Like... I'm watching the camera and all, there's this raccoon outside like, ah, and hitting the door like, where are my peaches? Meanwhile, another raccoon notices I have another peach out for the birds. And it is like desperately trying to get to the peach, but it's up a tiny pole. So instead it went for the uh, suet block I had. There's, there's, we, have a, we, might, we might have a problem. <laughs> um, or a really amazing TV series. It's, uh, they already made it. It was called Rascal. Uh, yeah, we are not no point in encouraging anybody to get a pet raccoon as much as we love our raccoons. Yeah, they belong. I would, I would get a pet possum before I get a pet raccoon, and I'm not saying you should ever get any any wild mm-hmm. animals. Yeah, wild pets. animals belong in the wild. They belong in the wild. And if you ever find a sick or injured wild animal, call the appropriate people. Every Almost every area has some kind of wildlife rehab that can yeah. help you out. Around here, it's Operation Wildlife, mm-hmm. uh, abbreviated to OWL. Oh, also, if you see a baby deer chilling in your yard... Leave it alone. It's fine. 
its mom is off doing whatever mama deer do during the day, and it's considering wherever it is a safe spot for you for the for the babies. It's not abandoned. It's not scared. It's not sick. Now, if it's there for a few days, then call for help. Yep, and if of course, if you do see a uh, sas a baby Sasquatch sitting in your yard, call us. Uh, you do need to bring it into your house and raise it as your own. No, because at the end of it, they'll yell, "Go away! We don't want you here." And then it'll go go sadly off into the woods to be with its family. Yeah, and then we'll hate John Lithgow. Uh, or we'll and he'll love also him. keep it so because he, he also made it so we can't dance. It's man, John Lithgow was like the biggest villain, and suddenly he's everyone's favorite. Even though he's like almost always the bad guy. Uh, he was on that Twilight Zone episode with the thing on the wing. Oh, I'm pretty sure that was him. I thought that was William Shatner. No, that's the original one. Oh, okay. They remade it. Oh. All right, but I couldn't help but have some raccoon facts. But I'm going to do it as a game. So instead of asking you a normal, normal, will this be on the test? I'm going to ask you 11 true false questions. Okay. 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 So true or false, raccoons that are out during the day are rabid. False. False. It's probably a female uh, raccoon foraging for food. So that is an absolute myth. You hear that all the time. People call animal control and they're like, please leave us alone. It's just a raccoon that's out. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time we were out on our back patio and we we're just having like, you know, Cheese and crackers and wine with some friends, as you do when you're a responsible adult. And uh, we kept Ted seeing these, and Ted's two friends. They, we kept seeing them like peeking around, looking at us. It's like ah, they're still there. It's they like, wanted our food so badly. We were like, "Dude, do you want some crackers? I will throw them to you." They wanted the pond, but they're like, "We had a reservation, and they haven't <laughs> left their table yet." They uh, went to speak to the manager of our neighborhood. Yeah, so raccoons that are out during the day. Only worry if they appear sick, injured, or aggressive. Because raccoons are not aggressive. Oh, we even saw one on camera sneak up on a cat because it wanted to eat the cat's food. And it's sneaking. And it's sneaking. And the cat turns around and goes, motherfucker, and just smacked it in the face a few times. The raccoon is like, what the hell? And backs up. The cat took off. The raccoon kind of walked toward the food bowl and was like, nope, not worth it. Ran off. And the cat came back. The cat was fine. Um, yeah, they're not aggressive unless they're threatened. Uh, raccoons hibernate. True or false? I'm going to say true, because I like the image of a napping raccoon. False. Oh! They do sleep more. They go into, like, that cold body sleep state. But they are in operation all year. They lose about 30% of their body weight during the winter. But they do not hibernate. And in warm climates, they don't even do that. They're out and about all the time. Oh, good to know. Raccoons' masks are there for their anti-glare purposes. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Because that's how why athletes do it. True. I have no further information. It's oh, just true. okay. Like, there are things like, oh, it's to help them hide from predators. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. I can see their eyes on my camera. <laughs> it's to help them hide from the police. No one will recognize them <laughs> with this disguise. All right. Raccoons wash their food. True. False. Oh, I always see them. They do it with a little... They do put their food in the water. Uh, they are opportunistic, though. Um, so they are. they will, like, pick up anything, like, this smells kind of like food. So they put it in water to test out how soft it is and if it's kind of a food texture. And they also have really thin, like, esophagi, esophaguses. Um, so they have to make sure it's soft enough for them to eat. They don't have carnivorous teeth because they're not carnivores. Oh, okay. Uh, raccoons are vicious. I kind of talked I, about this already. I have seen them be a little vicious. Yeah, they're not vicious. They're, uh, they are not likely to attack unless threatened, but they will take out your pet if it feels threatened. Yeah. These things can fight. Um, there are intelligence differences based on where raccoons live. Yes. Those city raccoons are wily. Yeah. Oh, true. Urban raccoons are better at problem solving. Raccoons eat trash. 
Yes. No. No? They eat food. They're not goats. Oh. Goats also don't eat trash. I know. But, um, <laughs> no, they they do get into trash cans, but they are looking for food. They're not eating your old newspapers. So, um, and he... actually getting into garbage cans is kind of like a, this is not really what I want to do, but it's what I'm finding right now. Uh, I will say, uh, our, our raccoons definitely don't eat any old newspapers because I finish every issue we get. <laughs> our raccoons don't get into our garbage cans. No. Um, raccoons are the leading carriers of rabies. No. What would you say are? Bats. You're correct. <gasps> yeah. Bats are the leading carrier of rabies. Raccoons are second. Um, I read a statistic that some, it, it, they're conflicting. In no statistic do the majority of uh, raccoons have rabies, even though that is a myth about them. However, something about... I've read things of about half might have rabies. However, raccoon rabies are different than regular rabies. Bats have their own, raccoons have their own, skunks have their own, and foxes have their own. They are unlikely to transfer to other species. Okay. Doesn't mean don't get a vaccine shot, a vaccine if you get bitten, though. Raccoons are smart. True or false? True. True, they can learn how to get treats using water displacement. They understand that, like, you show them kind of how water can dis- get displaced, and they learn that if they pour, like, this was an experiment, they put pe- they, if they put pebbles into the water, the water would fill up until the marshmallow that was in the water came out. And then one was even like, um, you all are stupid, and just knocked the whole thing over to reach in and get the marshmallow. And they also have been known to open doors learn how to use, like, lock mechanisms and open <gasps> locks, and oh. they can even memorize numerical sequences to open your garage door locks. What? So it's not... When you hide, like, your pin pad, it's not from burglars. It's from tiny burglars. Oh, God. Like, that means that if you're not very careful with your ATM code and stuff, raccoons can steal all of your money. Yeah, they're tiny burglars. <sighs> Raccoon? Uh, rabies is the primary reason to be cautious of raccoons. No, the primary reason is they're tiny robbers who want your ATM money. <laughs> yeah, false. They're not. That's not the primary reason. The primary reason, first of all, the U.S. has almost no rabies. We have a max of 25 human cases per year. Wow. That's like nothing. Not saying it's not serious when you get it, but it is treatable. Just go take care of yourself. Um, when it comes to raccoon diseases, you should work look out for roundworm, lep- leptospirosis, and distemper. So keep your hands clean, stop letting your kids eat dirt, and vaccinate your pets. Even if they never come into physical contact with the raccoons, all of this can be spread through the feces. Oh. And then the last one. You're already going to know that this is true. It's all. Uh, there was a pet raccoon in the White House. Yes, I'm betting it was Theodore Roosevelt. You're wrong. What? Give me one more presidential guess. Jefferson. Because he couldn't find a mammoth. As far as I know, Jefferson did not have a raccoon. Okay. Um, the raccoon was named Rebecca. She lived with the Coolidges. Oh. She participated in the Easter egg roll. <gasps> she got presents for Christmas. Oh. And if there was an activity, chances are Rebecca was there. Coolidge also had a donkey, a bobcat, two lions, an antelope, and a wallaby. What? Uh-huh. Man, like, I know... The only thing I know about Calvin oh, and Coolidge... Goose. I was trying to figure out what I meant when I wrote good. A goose. good. A goose. The only thing I know about Coolidge before this was that he was quiet. Well, like, yeah. he was too busy petting all his animals. Yeah. You don't want to wake up the raccoon and get in a fight with a goose. Yeah. So that is the story of how raccoons invaded Japan 
and basically remain successful in their military invasion of the country. Wow. And raccoons. also just some fun raccoon facts. I love fun it. raccoon facts. And the fact that invasive species are like a serious problem. And there are also problems in places that aren't America and Australia. Yeah, we've talked a lot about invasive... Well, Austin's talked a lot about invasive species. I was not planning on talking them about that, about that, but God, it was just so interesting. When we think about raccoons, we just kind of imagine them being everywhere. But then I suddenly remembered I was watching a TikToker who was like, wait a second, what the hell is this? Like, he's British. He's like, are these really everywhere? Is this a thing? Is it, is it scary or is it cute? I don't know. <laughs> uh, which is, yes, the answer is yes. The same thing with possums. Actually, possums are not scary. Okay. They're just cute. Uh, I, I, someone pointed out something to me. If a possum is looking straight at the camera, it's adorable. If it's in profile, they're nightmare monsters. Unless they're smiling, in which case they go back to being adorable. Yeah. Also, oh, just a follow-up fact. Possums almost never carry rabies. And like, I mean, it's like a weird thing if they do. Over 99%, I believe, can't carry rabies. And they are exceptionally good for your local environment. They take care of a lot of bug problems and things like that. Be nice to your local possums. Be nice to your local raccoons, too, but you can... You can have them removed. Yep. Um, it is typically illegal to trap and move a raccoon on your own. <gasps> I am just letting you know what the law is. I am huh. not telling you what to do about it. I'm just saying it is typically illegal to catch a raccoon and send it to, I don't know, your rich neighbor's yard. But Not that we know anyone that's done that. But we're just saying it's illegal. Get some help. Yeah. Find it. But do find a rescue. Don't. And also, cause, partially because animal control won't come out unless it's sick. But partially because you do want to make sure it's safe. Yeah. They're not invasive where you are. You're invasive. Exactly. Oh my god, we're the invasive species. We are the ultimate invasive species. So that's raccoons, your turn. Alright. Cool. I have a I also have a funny topic this week. So, uh, right now, some of you might have heard about how cryptocurrency and NFTs are <laughs> crashing. Austin hates NFTs and crypto. It's so like I, re- I think they're stupid, but he, like, actively hates them. It's like, they are literally, they are absolutely bad for the environment. And they have, like, spawned the worst type of bro. It's, like, half finance bro and half gamer. They're the worst. So, you might have heard about this, and you're baffled by how, how many people could lose so much money over something this stupid. People like to lose money over stupid stuff. Yeah. Well, what if I told you there was an even dumber and stranger market crash? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. We've done a lot of dumb stuff. Well, actually, that would be wrong. There is nothing stranger and dumber than MFTs. But there was another strange and dumb market crash, and it was... (laughs) It was called the Great Depression. (laughs) Or the 2008 housing market crash. There is one that is absolutely baffling to modern people. And it is actually one of the first speculative bubble collapses that happened way back in 1637. (laughs) Sorry. My brain went to speculative bubble and it was like a bubble that had gotten blown by like a bubble blower, but it had like a monocle and was making, it had a little hand and it was thinking about things. (laughs) Yeah. I'm talking about the first speculative bubble collapse, tulip mania. Is this Dutch? Yeah. All right. So this is a time when fortunes were made and lost in the tulip fields of Holland. 
Just like they're like just like on your Animal Crossing game. I by the way, I giggled when I was writing this because I was just imagining the Wolf of Wall Street taking place in a windmill. Remember the dead baby jokes that they seem to involve windmills way too often. Yes, yeah, sh- we've talked about this before on here. I, I we talk about it a lot. I can't remember the last time I talked made a dead baby joke, especially right now in the current abortion situation. Yeah. So how on earth did a flower cause a market collapse? Well, I'm going to have to explain a couple of things. I mean, it caused a character collapse in The Wizard of Oz, but those were Poppy. Poppy. Yeah, I got to explain a few things. Oh, the futures market? Uh, the stock market, just like a little bit on that. The uh, stock market? The stock market. Because tulips have stocks. Everything you know about the market comes from Animal Crossing. Am I am I wrong? Uh, actually, I don't play that part of Animal Crossing. It's stupid. Okay. And I also don't want to talk to a pig with a runny nose. And, of course, I'm going to talk about tulips. Like, uh, no, that's hot lips. I was about to say, like, Houlihan, but no, that's hot lips, Houlihan. Tulips, yep. So, in the 17th century, uh, there was a lot of change that came, like, very suddenly to Europe. Uh, Galileo discovered his heliocentric model of the solar system. Galileo. 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 Galileo Figaro. Magnifico. Oh, oh, oh. Uh... European colonies were being founded across the Americas. Uh, Cervantes wrote the first modern novel, Don Quixote. And, the Man of La Mancha. Yeah. And the church forced Galileo to recant his blasphemous idea that the earth goes around the sun. Did he recant? He did. Okay. Uh, under threat of torture by the Spanish Inquisition. No one expects that. I didn't expect it. So big things were happening. And also during this time, a lot of new plants were introduced. Because this is right after they had that big era of exploration where they'd gone out and seen the world, and now they were bringing stuff back. And that included a lot of plants, like tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, lots of stuff. And also, tulips. Uh, Tulips, they're a perennial flower that grows from a bulb. They are native to Central Asia and the Middle East. And the popular belief is that they were a gift from the Ottoman Empire to the city of Vienna. And then they kind of spread from Vienna across Europe and they made it to the Netherlands where it turns out they thrived in their climate and were easy to grow. So people just started growing lots of tulips. I don't even know that I've seen pictures of them anywhere. I mean, other than places where it's like, look at our pretty tulips. Like, I don't think I've seen pictures of them anywhere else. It's like, these are our native tulips. Yeah. Like, Uh, Asia, really? Yeah. I can't remember ever seeing pictures of tulips in Asia. They're there. They're actually a they're actually a symbol of Turkey. I thought that would be more like the the gobble thing underneath the country turkey. That's um, uh, the other yeah, symbols are the tulip and a club sandwich on rye. I really hope that's true. It's not. Oh yeah, yeah. And another thing that really helped with them like taking off in the Netherlands was uh, the their colors and the vibrance of these flowers like made them a status symbol and tulip trading and growing became kind of a big lucrative trade and they'd sell them across Europe. And then a big discovery was made by a botanist, uh, Carolus Clusius. He broke the tulip. Uh, He discovered that you could actually manipulate the coloration of tulips by introducing a virus to them. And even though they didn't know what genes really were or DNA, this virus was affecting the flower's DNA so it would cause the coloration to change. It'd be like, instead of just one color, there'd be streaks of color across them. It's called breaking tulips. And 
it exploded after that. Like, not literally exploded, but, like, the interest in tulips and how much they cost blew up because people were able to break them and breed them with these colors and have all of these varieties. They're brilliant and lovely and everyone wanted them. Fun fact, you can do that with at least carnations if you put some food dye in the water. Yeah. And uh, also, while I'm at this, I've been wanting to do an episode about GMOs for the longest time. Yeah, he gets really angry. Yeah, this is just me being angry about and stuff this week. he stops doing the research every time because he gets so angry. And also <laughs> because he's like, I can't find a way to make this interesting. It's interesting to me. Now, guys, you might be surprised, though, about why he's angry about GMOs. Because you've heard him talk about native grasses and how that's important and natural GMOs and- are fine. Like, they're absolutely fine. They're not going to hurt you. They're, like, not going to ruin the world. They're fine. We've been doing it for centuries because you know what they did to the DNA of these tulips before they even knew there was DNA? They were altering with a virus just like this CRISPR thing that everyone's terrified is going to ruin the world. So they're not going to harm me? They're not going to so harm So I you. shouldn't be worried about the fact that the pound and a half tomato I bought got into the gun cabinet? That's what that was. <laughs> Yeah, we just have a more direct way of doing this now. We've been genetically modifying organisms since agriculture started. And these are the same people complaining about GMOs who have dogs that have completely flat faces. Yeah. And now, don't get me wrong. There is nothing cuter out there than a, than a little fat-faced bulldog, but their skulls are not supposed to be. No. And also, uh, I'm also going to say this, like, just because I think GMOs are fine, it does not mean I think the di- businesses pra- business practices of Monsanto are good. They are definitely awful. Yeah, there are things that are good in concept and poorly done in practice by some or all people involved, depending on the situation. Look at you, common core. And so with this flower just like becoming so popular, um, another recent creation of the Dutch also got involved. The stock market. That's right, the Dutch invented the stock market. Because they had things that grow in stocks. Yeah. Uh, It was actually, um, they had recently gained their independence from Spain in a long series of wars on religion caused by the Reformation. But they had gained their independence, and as a part of it, they had started the Dutch East Indies Company. And the Dutch East Indies Company was the first company to issue a publicly traded stock, which basically it was a certificate in which you bought a portion of the company and you were then entitled to a share of their profits. That sounds like a scam. It's a, divi- a dividend. It How is, are they going to track it? They actually had it written out on pieces of paper, and you could come in and say, I own this much, and you are entitled to a certain share of the profits. And then you could sell that to other people, and the price of it would go up and down, and it became the basis of what is the modern stock market. I feel like that's too easy to commit fraud on. Yeah. Now, don't panic. The stock market isn't as complicated or mysterious as it seems. It is definitely a fraud, and it is a money-making scheme. But it just looks extra complicated so that middlemen can justify their existence. And also, this was a much simpler stock market that, that they had at the time. It had there were fewer rules, there were fewer tricks people had caught, thought up. It was going slower. It was have like computers buying stocks thousand times a second. It was much simpler and it's kind of like comparing a hot air balloon to a 747 they're both flying but like they're doing very different things i'm sorry just thinking about the fact that austin has always been like maddie you worry too much you think of these things that nobody else will think of to that will make things get broken and i'm like 
Austin, the fact that I thought of this in three seconds means that somebody who's thought about this for six months will eventually come up with the same way to break it that I did. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is a hilarious thing about the ancient stock market. Um, in 1610, the, uh, the, the, ro- the Dutch royalty uh, decreed that, there sh- that the selling, short selling of stock was illegal back in 1610. Because even though they hadn't really figured out the stock market yet, they could see that short selling was a dangerous manipulation of the market. And for those of you who didn't pay attention to the whole GameStop thing a while back, shorting a stock is borrowing shares of stock and agreeing to return them, then selling the shares you borrowed, uh, waiting for the value of those stocks to drop, buying new stocks at a lower price, and giving them back to the owner. Very simplified way of saying this. And it's usually done by How hedge funds. How do you borrow stock? You say, hey, I'm taking, I'm taking, it's a weird system. It's usually done by hedge funds, and it's kind of a shell game scheme. I don't care for this. Yeah. And it's... So it's basically like, like you're betting that the price is going to go down on something and everybody gets to make money off of it except for the people and the company who just get shafted. It's bad for uh, it's bad for most people, but a few people make a lot of money very easily. Okay. So it's bad and it's legal now even though back then they knew, "Oh, holy shit, this is bad." I don't understand why people would agree to let their stock be borrowed. What other purpose could there be for that? I don't know. Like, it's, I looked up the basics of it. I did not get a master's in economics to fully explain this. Well, I'm a financial expert, so you I should are. understand Why, yeah, why aren't you, why aren't you explaining this to me then, financial oh, give expert? give me a week and I'll understand Please it. don't. I don't want you to explain this to me. Yeah, I must, I, I did that fifth grade, learn about the stock market. Like, you guys all watch Saved by the Bell. You know what I'm talking about, but they somehow used real money when they did it, made a lot yeah. of money. I did that. And I've been scared of the stock market ever since because I did not understand it. And the only other thing we learned about it was the Great Depression. Yeah. So anyway, back to the Dutch stock market in the 1630s. Uh, tulips were big and they thought that they were going to get bigger, bigger and uh, wealthy French investors were coming in to buy tulips. And when I say getting bigger, I meant like more expensive. I don't mean that someone was out there breeding a bigger tulip. Even yes, though they that were. Might have been possible. Maybe there were 16-foot-tall tulips that just never saw the light of day because the market collapsed. GMO tulips. Yeah. Uh, And the way they were grown kind of worked really well with the future commodities market. So uh, the the futures market is basically people are buying contracts to purchase, like setting up contracts to purchase a set amount of a good that is not yet manufactured at a set price. So it's kind of a gamble because you're saying, like, I want to buy 100 cattle, even though these cattle aren't born yet, and I'm going to pay $2 a piece for them. Well, like, in the two years it takes for those cattle to be all grown up, like, the cattle could have dropped to a dollar and you could be out money, or it could have gone up to $3 and you've made a pretty good deal. So it's kind of a way of, like, stabilizing markets and gambling. It's gambling. It is just gambling. The entire stock market just feels like gambling to me. But it without is. the fun of the flashing lights and the hula girls on your on your machines. Uh, you have clearly have not watched The Wolf of Wall Street. There are flashing lights and hula girls. I actually have not watched Wolf of Wall Street now. Yeah. So uh, so in this case, people would buy tulip bulbs. Fezzik wants out. That's the noise. Okay, buddy. There you go. You a jerk? Oh, you tricked us. Fine. Leave the door open. We have four cats. 
and he all- he just tricked us because his sister, who he loves, his best friend, had her little feet under the door. Yeah. And so he tricked us into thinking he had to use the litter box to go make sure I let her in. So, where was I? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the way tulips are grown worked really well with the future commodities market. Because, in this case, people will be buying tulip bulbs, which can be planted to grow tulips, from future harvests. So that they could grow their own tulips and, you know, the future and future options of the bulbs that they were growing. So it was kind of expanding and expanding. It was a rapidly growing market. And so in this case, people were like, and as more colors and patterns and varieties of broken and unbroken tulips came out, uh, more people invested in buying future crops of these various colors and types of tulip. And, uh, as the people began to buy tulip futures, in order, they would actually just end up buying these futures, these tulip futures, not to have tulips, but to sell the tulip futures at a profit. These tulip futures were trading hands three, four times, sometimes five. So you would say, I want to buy 20 tulips from you for a dollar next year. It's like, okay, cool. It's like, hey, I'm buying 20 tulips for a dollar. But it's going to go up. Do you want to buy this for $3? So it's like the whole, like, I'll give you a dollar tomorrow for a hamburger today? Yes. But happening four or five times and with tulips. I'd rather have the hamburger. Yeah. And, like, they were ha- all this was happening, it was happening in bars and coffee shops. And these bars and coffee shops were so overrun by people trading tulips, they actually started charging fees. Sometimes, like, a rough, like, looks like mostly around 2.5% of the total, like, purchase as like as a fee for trading in their premise and like people would come in and make these deals and it was a lot of money Mm -hmm. in six in 1636 tulips were the fourth largest export in the netherlands after gin herring and cheese these were almost as big as cheese wait cheese was third it was after herring yeah what is wrong with people i don't know man it's hair uh, she's, she's not one of, she's not one of my people. She does not understand the simple joy that is pickled herring. I understand the magnificent joy that is cheese. So, by the way, uh, gin, herring, and cheese sounds like the makings of a great party. Like, some nice smoked herring. Gin and cheese sounds like the making of a great party. Yeah. But anyway, these individual bulbs were being sold for hundreds of guilders, which translated to day money is somewhere between ten and twenty thousand dollars a piece for an individual tulip. For an individual tulip bulb. I don't like that. Yeah, uh, in the, in eighteen fifty one, a book was published about tulip mania. It was called "The Madness of Crowds," and it has an anecdote on it, anecdote in it that mentions a hungry sailor mistaking a tulip bulb for an onion and eating it, and the angry buyer hunted him down. And demanded him jailed for eating a bulb that cost more than what 12 men would make in a year. That's sad. They do look kind of like onions. Uh, This is probably false because tulips are poisonous. And they don't look enough like onions that you would eat one. It depends on how you're hungry you are. And they also taste terrible. So he probably didn't eat a tulip. I mean, I bet the golden ticket makes the chocolate taste terrible. Yeah. Still eating the chocolate. And probably the golden ticket. Yeah. So the tulip prices uh, rose higher and higher for three years. And again, it got to the point where there are individual tulips that cost more than a house. And then interest in tulips just suddenly dropped. Like it just collapsed 
almost immediately. Uh, it might partially be due to a outbreak of bubonic plague happening in the city of Harlem. Not Harlem, New York. The Harlem in the Netherlands that Harlem, New York is named after. Yeah, uh, but if you listen to Oops All Diseases, our episode, two episodes, three episodes ago, it was a, it was a few, you it was a will ago. learn about the American outbreak of the plague. And th- and it kind of drove people away from an auction, but like that was enough that people got scared and they realized that maybe we were overvaluing these tulip bulbs and the bubble just popped and collapsed. In a matter of months, tulips were worth a tenth of what they were before, at best. Uh, at first, like it was just nobody showing up the tulip options that previously had drawn large crowds. Then the prices kept dropping lower and lower, lower and people found themselves holding contracts to buy tulips for 10 times their current market value. And also, people found themselves with huge stockpiles of tulips that were now worthless. Uh, naturally, uh, there was after this, there was a ton of criminal cases and accusations from all sides of people trying to force people to repay them or make good on their contracts to buy tulips for much more than they were worth. And nobody really wanted to. Eventually, the government had to step in and decreed that futures trading was essentially gambling. Yep, and as the, is the rest of the stock market. Yeah, and that the buyers could void their contracts by paying 10% of the contract value. That said, if somebody wants to teach us how the stock market works and how to make money off of it, I wouldn't say no. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, some sources claim that this collapse devastated the Dutch economy for years. But... We th- that uh, modern people have looked at data and reports and stuff from then and have determined that it really only affected select groups of wealthy urbanites and hobbyists. So it was not a nationwide collapse. It was definitely noteworthy, it but it like did not... It was like taking down the Elon Musk's I- a peg, kind yeah. of like Twitter suing him right now, I hope. Yeah, more or less. It was like, the, it hurt the wealthy a little bit, but only a select part of it. The ones who were like, this seems like a good idea. And it didn't cripple the Dutch economy. It wasn't like the 2008 housing collapse. (laughs) So, like, that was was the tulip mania, and it just, it's collapsed. But before we go, I'm going to teach you a little bit of financial literacy. Oh, you're going to teach me financial literacy. Yeah. Because market bubbles can be hard to predict. It's hard to note, note what one is, if one's happening, or if something's just changing, or if it's going to collapse, or just think, oh boy, I'm making money, and you just see the upsides, and you don't see any of the warnings. So they can be hard to predict and hard to, like, figure out. But I did manage to find a few warning signs. Uh, If the price of something keeps rising, no matter what the news is, like, say, for instance, if they aren't hitting their earnings estimates, and, like, they keep having having some bad press, and the stock price keeps going up, it might be a bubble. Uh, if If it's generating a lot of buzz... Like thing like back when like things like oh my gosh this is changing the world or everything is going to be different or this is the new way things are going to work that was not a sentence no but like all that stuff like that it's like kind of like how with the dot com bubble it's like the internet's going to change the world it did did, but it still had a pretty big bubble and it crashed and I think ninety percent of the companies who were saying they were changing the world went under. I saw a post online the other day that was a series of pictures of something a teacher had found in their school, and it was binders full of websites that the, that the kids had made. This was the internet. <laughs> this was the, like, the kids each had put, like, 50 websites in it, and that was it. Ooh. 
Uh, some of them were like the same website. Then one of them was AaronCarter.com. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I have a flashback to having to make one of these myself. I, I remember I took an e-commerce class in high school and I had to make a website for a product that was imaginary and I don't remember what it was. Wait, you took an e-commerce class and you have not taught me anything despite me working in e-commerce? Yes, let me tell you about everything I learned in high school in 2004. I'm Very sure it's relevant all today. If yeah, if it's generalizing buzz, it might be in a bubble. Um, you sound like Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah, if it, it's this, it, is, it, it might be, be in a the bubble. bubble. All right. Uh, if like you know, if someone is skeptical of these prices and there's investors saying, "Oh, you just don't get it," it's like you don't understand it. This is the future. It's similar to the buzz, but they've bought into it. And any skepticism to it, like, "Hey, maybe this isn't a good idea," is met with, "You don't get it." They might be a boomer. They might. It might be in. A, you might be in a bubble. <laughs> and um, if I, another interesting was if other assets start to go up real suddenly, uh, it might. It might be that there might be a big bubble going on. Like they mentioned, Beanie Babies. Oh my god, I've got so many. Like collectibles, like Beanie Babies, like they uh, became wildly popular during the dot com bubble. I love my Beanie Babies. Because people are, uh, so people are willing to spend more money on riskier investments like Beanie Babies and collectibles because they are flush with cash and they're just willing to throw it everywhere. That is not why I had Beanie Babies. Uh, wait, did this whole episode get inspired by me saying I'm taking my Funko Pops out of my boxes, there's nothing anyone can do? Yes, I'm trying to show you the folly of your deboxing ways. Um, yeah, those aren't, as I love Funko Pops, I do. I don't think that they'll generally be worth millions at any point. And I also don't think Funko has ever claimed that. No, I don't think they're going to be worth millions. So, yeah, the best advice I saw on what to do to avoid losing money in a stock bubble is... Don't be on the stock market. Don't invest in it. Don't invest in the bubble. Uh, If you want to invest money in it, invest in established, uh, steady earning companies instead. Because usually they get a bit of a bump when the bubble bursts. Because people are moving out of these riskier things and selling... And then buying into something else that is a bit stabler. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I'm giving you this advice. And um, How many knowing, stocks do you have, Austin? Knowing fully well that we cannot actually afford to invest in the market, my personal investment plan, I'm going to tell it to you right now, is learn how to build boats out of discarded plastic and then escape the climate wars by sailing to the balmy tropics of New Canada. <laughs> That sounds like a good idea to me. Maddie can come too. Uh, we'll see. It depends on how tired I am of you by then. Yep. Are you ready for questions? Sure. All right. Uh, will the fact that will this be on the test that tulips once cost more than a house? What kind of house? I uh, just like a standard house. Because if we're looking at a twenty thousand dollar individual tulip, then it would not cost more than a house. I mean, back then it did. Oh, okay. Then then yeah, that'd be on the test. Right. Uh. Will the fact that you can blame the Dutch for inventing finance bros be on the test? There are only two people in this world I can't stand. Those who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. It's an Austin Powers reference. I have no problem with the Dutch. Yep. Will, okay. Will this be on the test that NFTs are at best a scam and at worst a money laundering scheme to circumvent international sanctions be on the test? I have asked somebody to explain to me... How something can be exclusively owned if I can screenshot it. It's a JPEG, people. It's, it's a, a JPEG. JPEG. All right. Uh, will 
this be on the test that we used viruses to alter the DNA of tulips 400 years before we invented CRISPR? What's CRISPR? It's a virus that we use to reprogram genes. Oh, yeah, that'll be on the test. And will this be on the test that you, in fact, do not have to invest all of your money into meme stocks like GameStop? I don't think anybody would ever put on a test that you should do that. Uh, excuse me, uh, have you seen, like, you know, who they're hiring for th- to be teachers in Florida now? That's absolutely going to be on uh, the test. Don't blame the teachers. Blame the system. Oh. So, yeah, that was Tulip Mania. A little bit about tulips. It's like Beetlemania, but worth less money in the end. Yeah, but 100% more tulips. I don't know. There might have been tulips in Beetlemania. I think there was definitely some tulips in the uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts, like... The cover? Cover. So, yeah, oh, there's, the, there's the link. I don't think we mentioned... Uh, we saw the Elvis movie. Oh, yeah. I think that was after we, we recorded the last episode. Yeah, it was... I loved it. It was definitely... It was, it was a solid movie... It was enjoyable. It's not my. It's not one of my favorites, but I loved it. I'm seeing an Oscar nom in Austin Butler's future. I'm seeing the obligatory Oscar nom in Tom Hanks's future. Um, I am hoping that they do a Razzie nom for the makeup that they did for poor Tom Hanks. Uh, and I really liked. Okay, and this isn't a spoiler. So, as everybody knows, or as many people know, Elvis Presley was ten years older than Priscilla. He met Priscilla when he was, like, 24. Do some math. In the movie, they're in Priscilla's room at one point, and they never actually say there's a 10-year age gap, but she's got toys around her room. They did a really good job of alluding to the age difference without actually making it a central focus of the story. I really, really liked it, and I actually would watch the four-hour director's cut because I want to see what they left out. And best of all, we saw my grandpa went with us, and my grandpa doesn't go to movies. He doesn't do stuff. And he had the biggest grin on his face, even though the first thing he said was, well, I couldn't understand a thing they said. But he had yeah. the biggest grin. He understood everything. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, a uh, movie I really love that I recommend everybody watching is Everything Everywhere All at so Once. So good. It was spectacular. So good. It's like by far like one of the best movies I've seen this year. Uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis, you know how much I have a crush I have on her. Um, she's in it. Deirdre Bobeirdre. Deirdre Bobeirdre. It's bizarre. Like, you've got to be in the state of mind to watch something that doesn't quite make sense. But, like, these are the same guys, I think, who made Swiss Army Man. So, to give you an idea. Um, So, I think that's all that's going on. Yeah. And we're going to be on vacation, but it won't affect any of you. Well, it might. Who knows? It might. We we could die. Granted, that's Don't put that evil on us. That's every day. Why do you have to remind me of my mortality? Well, I got to keep you on your toes. There is that GMO tomato that has stolen your guns. It's okay. I I have I have a tomato knife on me right now, just in case. Isn't that just a knife? It doesn't know that. So if you are looking for other places to find us, you can find us on Facebook with On the Test Pod, Twitter on the Test Pod, Instagram on the Test Pod, TikTok, which is my favorite to use, on the Test Pod. OnTheTestPod.com is currently under major construction. So if you go to that, it's going to be a hot mess, but I'm anticipating it being better in October, which I know sounds a ways off, but there are some back-end issues that I'm dealing with. So I'm anticipating it to be more functional come October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And honestly, I don't think it's going to be until after October because we need to start working on our Halloween costumes now. Oh, yeah. If you've got suggestions for Halloween costumes, please let us know because we are stumped. 
Yeah, no idea. No idea at all. Like, I've been trying, like, everything I've been coming up with is, like, concepts. We did talk about going as Colonel Sanders and Babe Ruth, but then we realized nobody would get it. I'll give you a hint. They both involve baseball curses. Yeah, I fully believe in the Bambino curse. The curse and of Bambino. I fully believe in the curse of Colonel Sanders. And so on that note, class, class dismissed. dismissed. You went longer than me.